0: to business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of
1: Ireland on Talk. We'll take a look at the business stories of the week and the ones that have been breaking overnight. Delighted to be joined this morning by the CEO of the Language of Leadership and Sunday Independent columnist all the way from Farland Indiana. Uh, Gina London joins us, also does Declan. <laughs> Ralph uh, from the Retail Development Director with BWG Foods. And BWG, of course, is the Spar, Mace, and XL brands. You're all very welcome to the program. Gina, what a lovely introduction to somebody from uh, Farmland, Indiana. All the way from the (laughs) agricultural, rural beauty
2: of Indiana to the rural beauty of Ireland. I love it. Now, tell us
1: firstly about what we're seeing in the Irish Daily Mail this morning. Simon Coveney addressing a a group of 30 business people, basically saying, uh, be prepared for an election in November.
2: Yeah, we got a political roundup going on in this. Yeah, we 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 could have a twofer. We could have the American presidential election and alongside the general election for the the government here in Ireland. And what I love, first of all, about this story, as someone who's in communications, was the reporter's usage of the word describing this meeting of the Fine leadership as at the Dublin's salubrious Shelburne Hotel. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's going. And by the way, for those of you who are out there listening, it means pleasant, clean, and healthy, not necessarily lavish mm-hmm. like you might have thought. Anyway, we go. this story goes on then to talk about how Simon Coveney is talking to a number of people here in attendance from Fianna Gale, of course, that there may be, in addition to the local election and the MEP election, that he's vying for a November election for the general. But then we, of course, have to understand that it's not just up to them. They've also got Fianna Fáil to contend with. And this article then goes on to talk about how the other people in the government are not quite so... On board with this idea of Fenigal getting all the credit for what they're describing as this upcoming t- one thousand per person, if you make over fifty two thousand a year tax break. So you can't get all the credit because you're not going to be able to pass it only by yourself. Fine Gael, say others, including yeah. the uh, Willie O'Day over from the uh, other party in the coalition, and so we've got. That's part of this article. And then, interesting, as you look back to, well, who's going to be running in the <laughs> Fine Gilles party coming up in November 2024? Well, who's not is on the list that they've got here with including Owen Murphy, John Paul Phelan, Brendan Griffin, Joe McHugh. But they point out in this article, hey, Damon English is coming back on board, <laughs> so that's something you can look forward to after he stepped down in the controversy I around think, the... I think,
1: what, what we're hearing from Gina there is that... <laughs> There's a shaping up now of people getting election ready. There's leaks. There's all the usual shenanigans about who's staying, who's going, what's the likely coalition to go look at that. We're starting to see that now in print.
0: Yeah absolutely The bell has rung Absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. The game is on And um, they're all Jockeying for position If you like So yeah It's 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 definitely And I, I love uh, You mentioned Willie O'Dea there as well And he, you know He really called them A bunch of messers Like a, a, a juvenile <laughs> stroke He said by Sorry the Willie
2: O'Dea I said day Sorry Willie
0: <laughs> So yeah He's he's um, You know he, said, he, he says The reason The Finnegale have done it Is because they're Panicking about the polls yeah. uh, A little bit worried So they're all Trying to get out there Of course The timing November of 2024 Just after after the budget which happens to be in October mm-hmm. uh, so probably a big giveaway even more probably than the thousand yeah. euro they're talking about this week so that they make us all uh, think they're doing a great uh,
1: job and it's also what we see here is everybody wants to own good news Correct. so yeah, yeah everybody it, wants to be given a thousand euro yeah. well success has, has many parents as they say
0: yeah Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay well let's do when you're there Declan let's talk about energy prices because they really have you know distorted the whole you know commercial and domestic uh, landscape for the last couple of years now and it's interesting to see how energy prices work when it comes to charging the consumer
0: yeah it's it's really interesting and it's this thing called hedging you know that we we hear about and um it's it's sort of um you know basically suppliers buy the energy ahead and they commit to a price and uh, they strike these deals in, in they, they say, in, to try and protect consumers. But when it's so volatile and when it's actually probably coming down, it has the opposite effect. And that's probably why it's not, you know, we're not going to see this for a while. Um, some of the numbers, there's a lot of numbers in this, Bobby. But if you look at where it was, there's a thing called a therm, which by is sort of how the, the energy is gas. sold. The unit of gas. Yeah, that was as high as £7.25 in London um uh in, in August of last year. And this week it fell down to fifty eight pence basically. So that's a massive tumble. So it's like
1: fifteen times.
0: Yeah. Huge, yeah. huge difference. So it's 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 a very difficult one. Um and really because they've committed to these um uh these this hedging uh way of doing business, um for example bonkers.ie say that because they've done that, Darek Cassidy there, the spokesman for them, said that it's very unlikely that that. Even for winter twenty twenty four, that we will see a, a massive reduction in prices for consumers and for businesses as well. So it's 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 a difficult it's a difficult one to sort of square the circle on.
1: Well, the other thing is that again, you know, we talk about units of measure. <clears throat> we have the Irish Times talking in terms, but the Irish Examiner then talk in. Uh, in megawatts,
0: megawatt hours, so, yeah. megawatt hours. Yeah. So,
2: like straight away, I'm confused about what costs what. I thought for sure that <laughs> I was the only one confused on this one because what I saw on the on the page over on the Examiner about that here's the prices have gone down and they're using the megawatt hour. I went flipped back to the other article. and went, wait, I don't know what which one are we using. What's the standard of measure here? But I can guarantee for the consumers and the homeowners and the people that, that have businesses, the upshot is we're still going to be paying high prices yeah. even though the wholesale prices by whatever standard you use yeah, totally. are going down and to, br- to expand on the the spokesperson from bonkers.ie that declan was talking about he's calling it another winter of our discontent and it is and i can say as a, someone who hates paperwork i finally went ahead and switched providers Did because you? i wanted to try to lower the cost and yes, I have actually. Tell us about
1: that experience. Gina. Well,
2: that am I allowed to say names of what I did? I don't want to get anybody in trouble. No, but, no, don't, don't. Okay, so I was on the former provider for twelve hundred a month, is what my energy bill was, which was massive. And I was like, I can't do another winter of this. So I switched to another provider, and I just got my monthly bill, and it was seven hundred. Still not cheap. I was when I first moved here. I was doing five hundred a month. And, and then for, in terms of the. I don't know the megawatt hour or the therm that that boils down to, I gotta say. But if I'm still looking at paying the prices I was paying even after changing, that's disappointing when you see how much it's gone down.
1: Yeah, you're like me. You work back from what the actual, what it's costing me in my pocket. Of course. That's how everybody works, though. I don't care if it's a therm or a megawatt. No,
2: and I really would like to, I understand that that the point that then in this article then in the Irish Times, it goes through and talks to all the different providers from the SSE to Board Gosh and Electric Ireland and then they were saying how as Declan was saying that we're doing this because if they went up we'd still be capped out at this price but I don't necessarily buy that because why are our prices then going up so much weren't they having hedging for 18 months when they bought them yeah. when they were low that's what I want to know
1: all right well look I don't think we'll solve it here Declan <laughs> uh, some good news uh, delivered through Via Westlife and Styles Concerts Boost Aviva Stadium's operating profit to 8 million, stellar results here.
0: Yeah, very good, Bobby. The top line sounds great. Uh, the company is called New Stadium Limited and um, they have uh for obviously with the pandemic and no matches and no uh, concerts and so on and um, they've had a co- a difficult few years. And um, they are still in the red if you look at uh, the the um depreciation, depreciation yeah. and they have a pre-tax loss of 1.29 uh, million. But look, it's it's getting better and um the the uh, two concerts that you mentioned where MCD promoted Westlife gigs. 87th uh, thousand tickets were, were sold for that and that clocked up uh, at 6.7 million dollars at the box office and uh, westlife obviously a few more nights for westlife 185 and a half thousand tickets sold for that so um the other interesting thing is we we it used to be lansdowne road obviously we all know it as the aviva now they get four million a year from aviva for the naming rights of the stadium which yeah, is a really nice payday s- yeah that was an initially a ten-year deal, but they've extended that now to twenty twenty-five as well. And um, so that's
1: forty million over ten years. Over ten years,
0: yeah. yeah. And and now if it's now a, a fifteen-year deal, if you like, because it was. Uh, so it's 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 fifty. It's it's another uh, uh, four by five, another twenty million as well. You know, so it's it's a really excellent uh, deal for the Aviva Stadium. And the other thing that I just picked up on this, Bobby, is that the company. The new stadium limited, they pay the IRFU 750000 a year rent for the stadium each year because we forget, I think, that the IRFU probably own Lansdowne Road and and now have leased it to the stadium to operate it for the IRFU and the the, FAI. The IRFU being
1: the owner and then the operating company then being owned by IRFU and FAI but rent being paid. To, From one to the so, other. So it looks like the IRFU are doing okay out of it. Absolutely yeah. they are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's good the health reports, good. The health, good health report card for the Irish rugby and the Irish football.
1: Gina, I don't know if you know much about cybercrime, but it's 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 a scourge among SMEs. Lots of uh, small businesses becoming victim to it. Um it's it's it's, it's I it's,
2: actually cyber security is one of my areas that i work with a lot of executives on how they can communicate to other parts of their organization okay. to help them understand the severity of the situation so this story actually in the examiner they are alluding to really leaps out to me because if you are an sme according to this article you now and you are working on innovating or resilience or researching on how to protect in this ever-changing cybersecurity world, because things are just changing so quickly, and there are so many risks. That there now is coming up this fall or autumn. Take your take your description of the of the uh, season. There's going to be a new National Cybersecurity Coordination and Development Center, which means more money. The government has set this up, and they're going to be giving some 4.2 million euros to the SMEs that are doing projects around those areas, around cybersecurity. So I think it's a great opportunity. Yeah. This article, though, doesn't say, although it says it's launching the project in the fall or the autumn, it doesn't say how you're going to avail of the money. At least when I read it, I couldn't find that. So keep looking for ncc.ie information and find yeah, a way well, to I apply. Think what,
1: what, I think what you say, though, is interesting, Gina, in that, you know, this is an area where small business needs help, and this is an area now that it looks like there's been some decent budget yes. put aside. So, hey, the small business our, owner, our I know. Small businesses out there is, find out, we can't tell you the answers here, but find out about it. Start uh, looking, you, you've uh, got till uh, the fall, or the autumn. You, <laughs> if you can get a few quid uh, to, to protect yourself against these cyber hacks, go ahead and do it. Declan, uh, Centre Parks uh, cost more in Ireland than the UK, but Longford Forest is set for a bumper summer. Um, interesting article, Article here by Paula Connela, travel editor in the Irish Independent, a man who knows about these things.
0: Yeah, it's it's really good. Um <clears throat> Interesting you say there the prices here uh, slightly higher in the UK. The reason they're higher here is not because of higher costs or anything like that. Is which because, is what I would have thought. Yeah, it's because they can. It's basically <laughs> supp- the old supply and demand. There's a big demand, so guess what? We put the price up. And to show what that demand is, I mean, it's eighty five percent sold out for summer season. Now they're absolutely confident they'll be a hundred percent sold out. Uh, to give you a feel for the difference in the price, it is. One thousand two euro, two hundred euro for a three night weekend break from July seventh in Longford. Right, but if you go to uh, Sherwood Forest, and uh, I suppose you might have to watch out for a few bandits there. Uh, <laughs> but eight hundred and five euro is is the equivalent cost there. Or if you go to Longleat Forest in Wiltshire, it's nine hundred and fifty four euro. So it's definitely more expensive like here. Four hundred euros cheaper. Re- yeah, it, it really really or expensive. More ex- we're more expensive. We're more expensive. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a great success story They have uh, ambitious expansion plans um, They in 2021 Announced a 100 million euro investment That would add 198 lodge, house, Lodges and some brilliant Luxury tree houses I'd, mm-hmm. I'd love to stay in one of those um, And it's slowed down a little bit with planning And, and more planola objections But they'll probably get that through eventually um, And uh, it, it's, it's part of the staycation landscape Here now, it's really really good The company is though uh, for sale Bobby If you fancy buying it
1: Go on. How um,
0: much? It's only in the range of four point six billion euro to five point seven billion Serious euro. Serious entity, no? Yeah, absolutely.
1: But you know what is wonderful? I think about this company. They're employing twelve hundred people yeah. in a place that would have had very little employment.
0: It's the least visited county in Ireland before yeah. uh, they came to town. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, amazing.
1: Yeah. Uh, Gina, have you been to Central Park? I have
2: not been to Central Park, but I have been to similar ones. In fact, I was in one last October outside like a echo sort of family vacation area outside of Venice, in fact, in Italy and with the cabins and the family center and the beaches and the the pool and it was really, really nice. And so I think if you are a family and you're looking for that staycation, be aware though that they've already got Sherwood Forest is booked up by 85% over at the Longford site. So if you're thinking of taking the kids there, you better be on it now and be prepared to pay a little more than if you're going over to the UK.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know if you watched the Late Late last night, uh, Declan? I did. Late uh, Late show. Uh, RTE insiders predict politician-free Friday nights. Uh, in the rebrand under Patrick Keelty, that might not be the worst thing in town. Might not be, <laughs> no. Um, I think it might be a good thing, in fact. Um,
0: they say it may mm. end up a little bit shorter and lighter, a bit sort of Graeme Norton-esque is the sort of style that that uh, people are suggesting it might be. Um, so uh, they're also saying there's probably enough time during the week for politicians to make their point on the various current affairs yeah. program that RT runs. Anyway, that's probably true. Um, so... Yeah, it's interesting. I watched it last night. It was, it was all about um, Ryan, obviously, and probably it should have been for the last programme. Um, he was quite emotional at different times throughout the programme. Yeah. And um, he didn't get a Harley-Davidson like, like Gabe Byrne did, <laughs> but he did. What did Pat
1: Kenny get? I, can't I remember.
0: I think Pat got a Harley as well. Got, no, he I, got a guitar. The guitar was not a guitar, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. <laughs> and then, um, but what, what Ryan got was a Vespa. Because uh, Bono said, you're more of a mod than a rocker. And <laughs> probably true. No comment. Um, but it's it's an electric Vespa. A, Go on. A, yeah, an electric Vespa. So PJ Gallagher um, um, wrote it into the studio, uh, presented it to Ryan. On behalf of you too. Uh, uh, Bono and the edge were on video uh, uh, phoning in, if you like their their congratulations. so it was look, it was it's the end of an era. Um, you know, uh, I read some article this morning. I can't remember where it was earlier. somebody said that it never really peaked the show last night, but it was a nice look
1: back. yeah, yeah., uh, Gina, what if we look forward now, uh, Patrick Keel, do you now joining. Uh, the top earners at RTE, even though we don't know his salary yet, yeah, we they like to tell us that about two years after the yeah, event. <laughs> yeah, they, they like they like
2: to throw these things out here, and, and they do say as they're talking, as they're looking forward about how much everybody else in RTE makes, and usually if you're an employee with. RTE. You're not nearly going to have as much opportunities if you're a contractor, and so you can see already that they've said Patrick Kilty has set up his own Irish-based company, and that's going to be probably how he's going to be managing his, as they predict, higher than even Tuberty's salary that he'll be getting for this program. And by the way, as an American who loves late-night talk shows in the U.S., and I will find on YouTube. Now that there's a writer's strike going on, I don't find them anymore, but Sean Myers and and Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel, and all of those have in common that they do a monologue at yeah. the top of their shows. And so with Patrick Keelty, um, I'm going to have to learn how to pronounce his name, Keelty as a comedian. And I think there's a real opportunity to make this show appealing, not just to the older demographic that watches it but maybe to the younger people who might be looking for something different other than youtube and tiktok and instagram
1: yeah i think that's a fair point um the uh Twitter uh, launch of uh, (laughs) DeSantis and Musk gambled big time on each other with farcical Twitter Spaces interview and both ended up as red-faced losers, Gina. We're going to put that to you as an American national. Um, uh, DeSantis, firstly, tell us about what you think about DeSantis, about what he stands for, about how he's going to compete against Trump. What, what, What... Before we we get into
2: what they call the disaster, and that was trending on Twitter during that launch on Wednesday night. He's real quickly, for those of you who don't know, he's governor of Florida. He's considered a conservative and very much playing on the, on the woke culture wars. So he's put in, gosh, a six week ban on abortion in Florida. He has put in the, what's the so-called don't say gay all right. Yeah, don't say gay. don't say gay law which is a, which prescribes how public school teachers are allowed to talk about sexual identity and gender and he's considered potentially the one who the mainstream republicans will go for in the primary versus Trump. Although he's now still thirty percent, thirty thirty points from the. Has he any chance of closing so, that gap? so, well, who knows? I mean, honestly, the yeah. bigger the bigger the field, the Trumpers like that because they feel like they're going others are going to eat their own, and then Trump will emerge out of the Republican primary. But let's go then now into this Molly <laughs> Roberts column. This this I mean, what a misfire on so many levels, especially when you think about from the very beginning why. Was he thinking at all that Republican primary voters who are largely over 40 are going to be coming on to Twitter spaces yeah. to watch a presidential bid launch? It's not going to happen. And the people that did try to get on at one point, I was trying to get on when it was when it was it live. Crashed. And it, I could, it kept saying preparing to launch, preparing to launch. It looked like there were 600,000 people on. It took 25 minutes before they could even start it. And so people started dropping off. By the time they actually got on live, I never was able to listen to more than blip, 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 and then it would crash again. By the time they got on, there were only 100,000 people on it. And then it was this really weird farcical uh, event where DeSantis came off as very wooden. He didn't have the, any, any energy. They had touted that they were going to take live questions on this audio platform from the people, but they didn't. And then interestingly, too, as a backdrop on, it was bad for DeSantis, it was bad for Elon Musk, he had fired everybody in that entire spaces department. So it was destined to fail. No wonder they were calling it disaster.
1: On that disastrous note, let's move to our final uh, piece of information this morning. A 99 meltdown, Declan. Ice cream vendors are up in arms over the two flaky flakes. Tell us more. Well, that surprised me when I read the headline because,
0: as you know, it is the crumbliest, flakiest (laughs) milk chocolate in the world, I think, is what they <laughs> described it as. So uh, that can't be a surprise to anybody. Um, there is apparently a German imitation uh, and uh, Lawrence Glausser, the owner of Lorenzo's Isis in East Yorkshire, said he's resorted to buying the German imitation and it is much better. So not that we would uh, encourage that at all because you need, for a 99, you need a Cadbury Flake. Although I do have a suggestion, Bobby. Yeah. Use a twirl. Because inside a twirl, guess what's inside a twirl? A flake. A flake.
1: So yeah. you get the best of what world. both worlds. Yeah? You
2: protect your Declan, flake you've, inside you've the just, twirl.
1: You've just invented something here, Yeah. right? Live on down to business in relation to an ice cream. So when you're out in Teddies and Dunleary, there, get a twirl instead of a flake, according to Declan Ralph. Well, thank you to my newspaper guests, uh, Declan Ralph from BWG Foods, Gina London. Uh, as always, uh, great to get your American take on things. <laughs>